Well, welcome again to Emmanuel. How are you guys doing today? All of our campuses, all of our locations, good to be here with you. Like I said, we're starting a brand new series today called The Lies That We Tell. Lying is a big part of our lives. One study showed that 10% of communication between spouses includes some sort of deception. Ouch. Husbands, wives, got some stuff to talk about when you get home today. One another study said 38% of encounters among college students involve some sort of lie. Now, I would assume that this, that is true for high school students and middle school students as well, uh, but that's just a guess. A lot of lying going on there. I saw one study that said that the average woman tells three lies a day. If you do the math, that's 1,095 lies a year. Some of you guys are like, see, I knew it. Girls are liars. Relax. Hold on. That same study showed something about you that the average man tells six lies a day. I was looking at that. Like, like how do you make sense of that? And, you know, here's my, my opinion, okay? I can't prove this, but I think that men lie more than women because women ask more questions. I just... I mean, dudes normally don't say, how do I look in this shirt or blouse or how does my hair look or does this match my shoes? We don't ask questions like that. At least most, most dudes don't. Anyway, um, yeah, we lie. I remember not too long ago, I was in Starbucks and a lady from our church walked in and struck up a conversation. It was a great conversation. One thing led to another. I, we, I said, hey, I'm taking my family to the movies tonight. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna have a lot of fun. And, and uh, so she, she asked me, well, what, what are you gonna go see? And, and I was like, oh, I was caught. Because I knew that this person had a, 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 a conviction about the certain types of movies that you know, Christians shouldn't watch. And, and, uh, and my convictions didn't match that conviction. I'm not talking about rated R violence or sex or stuff like that. I'm just talking about like magic and sorcery, that sort of thing. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a, Christ, a group of you know, Christ followers that believe that that's just not, Christians shouldn't watch that. And I respect that. I do, I really do, if that's where you're at. Um, but we love Harry Potter. I mean, we just love Harry Potter. I mean, I don't know. It's like the books, the movies, you know, we love Star Wars. You know, we love Lord of the Rings, a lot of, and there's some dark magic and stuff like that and sorcery. And so um, I didn't want to tell her what we were going to go see because it was, it was a movie that had some of that in it. Like Malefic- remember Maleficent? Remember that? Remember that movie? Um, and so uh, I knew we were going to go see it. Jackie had already bought the tickets, but she asked me and I said, I don't know. We have to ask Jackie. I don't know what movie we're going to see. You know, and it was a bold-faced lie. Pastor D. Right to your face, you know. We lie for all kinds of reasons. We're going to talk about that. We, we, We lie all the time. It's just little lies, big lies, you know. We tell people that, you know, we're on the winner. We're on the way. We're not on the way. We're still in our office, you know. Checks in the mail. Oh, I mailed, I mailed it. You didn't mail it, you know. We, we don't, we, we lie. We lie about how people look. Someone said, how do I look in this? We lie. Oh, you look cute. No, you don't. They're not cute. That's not cute. <laughs> you, just, you just are saying that. Years ago, I just, I, I was, I, I would ask my wife all the time, like, how, how are you doing? And she would always say, I'm fine. I'm fine. 
One day I just called her on it. I said, you know, you're a liar. <laughs> because you're saying those words and everything in your face and your eyes and your body language is saying you have something really, really bothering you. You know, we just, but we do it. It's natural. It's, we, we do it to get out of scenarios. We do it to avoid pain. We do it to avoid embarrassment. We consistently lie. Dallas Willard used to tell a story about a little girl who uh, was asked in Sunday school, what is a lie? And this was her response. A lie is an abomination to God and a very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> and that day in Starbucks, I slid out of that one. <laughs> With a little bit of deception, right? It's just true. You know, we can use deception to get ourselves uh, out of trouble or to avoid pain or embarrassment. It's, it's amazing. What is a lie? Let's, let's put a target on the wall so we know what we're talking about in this series. Like, here's what it looks like to lie. To lie is to intentionally misrepresent the truth. That's it's pretty simple. You're just falsifying information, you know, just not, or you're not revealing the whole truth about something. That's, that's a lie. To misrepresent the truth, to say something that just isn't in accordance with reality. And why would we do a series about lying? Well, there's two big reasons, and this is kind of heavy content, and I, I promise you I'll try to make it lighter and unpack it a little bit, but there's some big reasons why we need to talk about lying. The first one is that God hates it. Ooh, that word hate, I know it's a, it's a heavy word, but he does. God hates lying. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 says this, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. That word, this Hebrew word detests, it's the same word as abhor, it, it, or, or, or it, to, to have something to be an, an abomination. Like there's not many things in the Bible that are, that are put in that category of, of abhorrent to God. Lying is one of them. How many of you have a, have a food that, that when you taste it, it's like, mm, makes you want to Right? I mean, for some of you, it's like liver or something. It's, maybe it's the texture. Like, for me, growing up, it was boiled spinach. Some of you know that because you've been around here for a while. My mom would, would boil spinach. Apparently, that's how my dad liked it. And dad got what dad wanted. Okay, whatever. So we had to eat it. So she'd boil the spinach and would come out. It was like sludge. Horrible, green, slimy sludge, right? And, and we all had, we couldn't leave the table until we ate it all. And so, you know, I'm choking it down with my nose closed. And every time I put it in my mouth, it was like, Nuh. that's what this word means. It'd be like when we lie, when we intentionally deceive or misrepresent, God's like, he gets it. It's, he hates it. Now, why would he hate it? And, and we'll get into this in a little bit later in the sermon, but. The reason he hates it is because of the, of the destructive forces of lying. It literally tears families and organizations and churches and societies and countries apart. It is absolutely destructive, and that's why he hates it. Listen, you don't even have to be a Christian to believe this. Some of you here, you're not Christians. Maybe you're agnostic or atheist. One of the leading atheists in our country today, his name is Sam Harris. He kind of goes in that category with Christopher Hitchens, if you're into reading that stuff. Um, Sam Harris is a leading atheist, and he wrote this little book on lying, on why it's absolutely horrible to lie. Doesn't mention God one time. Listen to what he says in the first chapter on page one. He says, lying is the royal road to chaos. Later on in the book, he says this about lying. He says, lies are the social equivalent of toxic waste. Everyone is potentially harmed by their spread. 
And his argument is how it destroys society, it destroys family. And it's, he's not even a believer in God. Like, you don't even have to be a Christian to see that lying is a horrible, horrible thing. Yes, do you agree with this? And God hates it. That's one reason we gotta talk about it. The second reason we have to talk about it is that lying is satanic. Ooh, it's demonic. And I know that's heavy, and I'm, you know, if you've been coming here a while, I'm not one of those pastors that talks about the devil this, the devil that, the devil made me do it, the devil's under every rock, he's around every corner. That's not how I roll. I believe he's real, I believe he's powerful, but we don't talk about him all the time. But when it comes to lying, oh, Jesus had some very, very interesting things to say about the devil. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8. He, that is Lucifer, Satan, has always hated the truth. Isn't it interesting that God hates lying? Satan hates the truth. Why? Because there's no truth in him. Zero truth in the devil. Jesus continues and says this. When he lies, it's consistent with who he is, his character, the very makeup of his person. He is a liar and he is the, say it with me, the father of lies. What does that mean? It means that he's the originator. He's the source. He's the creator. All lies come from the devil. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden? When God spoke to Adam and Eve, he told Eve, he said, he, he said hey guys, you guys can eat from any tree in the garden, uh, you know, have at it. Just don't eat from the one in the middle. See that one over there? If you eat from that one, you're going to die. Satan comes in, Genesis chapter 3. He says, hey, did God say you couldn't eat from any of the trees? Eve says, no. God said we can eat from any tree you want, just not from that one over there. He said, if we eat from that one or if we touch it, we're going to die. Listen to what Satan says. You won't die. Blatant lie. First lie ever recorded in the Bible. God says you're going to die. Satan says you won't die. The serpent replied. God just knows that your eyes will be open. So as soon as you eat it, watch this, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. This is now the second lie here. There's the first lie that yes, you will die. It's true. God said you would. So he lies about that. But then the second lie is kind of sneaky because it has some truth mixed in it. And those are the toughest ones to discern. There was something about this tree that would make them different, that would give them something they currently didn't have, an awareness of good and evil. And that was part of the truth. But the lie was woven in it, that they would be like God. No, they, wouldn't, they weren't going to be God-like. God wasn't holding out on them. Satan made it out that, that, that there's this thing that God doesn't want you to have, and so you need to eat the fruit so you can have this thing. You can't trust him. That was the real lie. And of course, she eats it and gives some to Adam, knucklehead. He ate it. And here we are today suffering the consequences of that lie. He is the father of lies. So we need to do a series about lying because it is demonic. Let me say this, and, and I know this is heavy to say, and you're not gonna tweet it or put it on Facebook, but, but it's true. When you lie, you're acting just like the devil. He is the father. You're being played by Satan when you tell lies. So wouldn't it make sense that if God hates it and lying is demonic and we're all here trying to be more like Christ or be good disciples, that we would try to figure out how to avoid it? Yes or no? Yes? So that's what this series is all about. Now, why would Christ followers continue to lie if it's true that lying 
is something God hates and lying is demonic. Why would we do it? Well, there's lots of reasons. I just talked about a few earlier. Remember in Starbucks? I was trying to avoid being judged by this woman. I didn't want to lose credibility in her eyes. I didn't want her to think, my pastor, oh, my pastor, he's supposed to be my leader and he's going to these movies. So I lied. I didn't want to lose influence. We lie for all kinds of reasons. We lie to avoid pain. Right? We lie to avoid embarrassment. We lie to spear people's feelings. The, the, the famous question, how do I, does this dress make me look fat? Oh boy, what do you do with that one? <laughs> it's a trick question, honey. You know? And, and so we, we, we tell lies so that we don't hurt people's feelings. We tell lies about our past so that opportunities in the future, we, we don't miss out on opportunities in the future, so we'll lie on a resume, we'll, we'll lie about the fact that we, we didn't have a bankruptcy or, or we were not divorced or, or, or we, didn't, didn't, you know, we didn't spend time in jail or, or, and, and we'll just cover over it so that we can get the date or get the marriage or get the apartment or get the mortgage or whatever, and so we lie. Oh, we lie for all kinds of reasons. I remember in high school, I used to lie all the time because I didn't, I didn't want to you know, face the rejection and, dis and disappoint my parents yet again. So it's like, you come home, it's like, you know, are, you know why do you smell that way? Well, I, I think somebody spilled something on me. <laughs> I would come up with the dumbest lies. Just to spare, you know, this disappointment and getting in trouble and, 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 and this rejection. And, and so I would say, oh, that's not mine. Those aren't my cigarettes. Or that's not what I didn't do. I wasn't there, you know. <laughs> One after another after another. Sometimes we lie because we, we know it'll be to our advantage. You know, you show up at the hotel and they say, kids under, under 12, eat the free breakfast. <laughs> you know, and you got like a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old. You're like, no, they're, they're 12. Wow, they're tall, they're tall for 12. I know, we're just, it's tall goes, it's in our family, we're all tall, but they're 12. Free breakfast, kids, you know, it's like, we, we sometimes we lie, I've never done that. I've been tempted to do it, but I never did, I wanna do that. But, uh, but anyway, we lie because, you know, there, there's an advantage if we lie. If we fudge on the paperwork or we fill out the, you know, the, the resume and embellish it a little bit or whatever, we might get the job. Whatever the reason we lie, whatever it is, it really comes down to this. This is the common denominator. We lie because we believe that lying is better than telling the truth. That's, the, that's it. We just, we're sold out that in this moment, it is better for me to misrepresent the truth than to be honest. And we pull the trigger and we lie. Now, obviously, this series is about trying to prove this statement wrong. And I'm going to try to show you from the Bible how it's just, it's just not true. It's better to tell the truth each and every time, even if you might suffer some short-term pain in the long run, it's better to be honest. In Ephesians chapter 4, let's just go to what the Bible says. This is a letter written to a group of Christians at a church called Ephesus by a guy named Paul. This is what he says to them. So stop telling lies. We can like wrap up the sermon right there and go home, right? It's like, okay, got it. You know, but that's not enough, right? It's, we all know we shouldn't lie. Like, okay, what else? Like, okay tell your truth to your neighbors. And then he tells us the motivation. And this is what we need. We need motivation to tell the truth and stop lying. Listen to what he says. 
for we are all parts of the, say it with me, the same body. This is a group of, of people in a church he's writing to. It could have been a business. It could have been a school. It could have been a government. It could have been a, a sports team. It's a group of people. If you want the sports team, the church, the business, the office, the, the, the floor, whatever, if you want the, the, the team to do what the team is supposed to do, win games or make disciples or sell more cell phones or whatever it's your, the goal is of the organization, the body has to work together. The elbow and the knee and the toes and the pinkies and the ears and the eyes, they all have to be synced up. They all have to be unified. And the way that you unify the team, the body, is by being honest and telling the truth. And if you want to disconnect the body or break the body apart or disconnect the, you know, you know blow up the business or blow up the marriage, if you want to blow up the church, just go ahead and start lying. Because lying will tear the family apart. It'll tear the church apart. It'll tear the sports team apart. Why? It's real simple. Lies destroy trust. And once trust is gone, now I'm, now, now I'm pulling away from you and you're pulling away from me and I'm not sharing anything anymore with you and I don't trust you and I'm backing away and now I'm gonna go into self-protective mode. I'm not gonna serve you. I'm not gonna share information with you. I'm not gonna bless you. I'm just gonna pull away from you. This is why God hates lying because lying destroys trust. And when there's no trust in a marriage, when there's no trust in a church, when there's no trust in a government, when there's no trust in a sports team, things start to fall apart. And it's not just one lie. It's kind of like we're playing a, a gigantic game of Jenga. And I, I know you're probably wondering, what's he going to do with that? It, it's, here's how it really works. If this is our, our life or our business or our marriage or our organization or our church, it's not one lie. It's like you just, you, you, you start to tell lies and nothing really happens at first. This is so much fun. I've done this three times already. <laughs> and you just, you know, you just... And at first it's like, well, I'm getting away with it. Look, everything's still fine. And then you continue to lie, a little lie here, a little lie there. Nothing happens. That's a good one. That's a good one. I can't remember how, I, how many I got out last sermon. Might have been 12. But you, know, you just keep going and, and, and you think it's going to be okay. But lie after it. It weakens the structure. It weakens the organization. It weakens the family. Let's see, what do you think? That one? Yeah, what do you think? This one? Oh, gosh. Ooh, how about that one? Oh, I'm not sure. These are all kind of tight. Whew. Let's see. And slowly but sure. Ooh, that spun it. <laughs> slowly but surely, things start to come apart. There's another one. Let's see, let's come over here. How about that? Oh, wow. Almost got that one. These are, let's see, we're coming down the home stretch here. Lie after lie. Ooh, there's a bottom one. Ooh, bottom one. Ooh. Okay. And that was kind of fun, and, 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 but, but it's not so much fun when that's our marriage. It's not so much fun when that's our church or when that's our, our school system. Because, because when, when trust evaporates, people silo and they go to their own corners and they practice self-preservation and they stop sharing information and they fight. It's a great book I read a couple years ago called The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey Jr. 
And he, the, basically the whole book is about what happens when you lose trust in a, in a, in a, a company or a family. And he says this, he said, low trust is the greatest cost in life and organizations, including families. Low trust creates hidden agendas, politics, interpersonal conflict. You say, man, you're describing my office. I know. And so that's what happens when there's low trust. Interdepartmental rivalries, one department fighting against another department in the same organization, in the same church, in the same school, one grade fighting, third grade fighting the fourth grade. Fifth grade by fighting the first grade. Win-lose thinking. Defensive and protective communication, all of which reduce the speed of trust or the speed the organization can fulfill its mission, whatever the mission might be. The reason God hates lies is because of the destructive force. Every time a marriage falls apart here at Emmanuel, and I, try, and I catch wind of it and I push in, hey, what happened, what's going on? inevitably, inevitably, someone says, well, he lied. She lied. I can't trust him anymore. And the separation begins. The coldness begins. The bitterness begins. Every single time. I saw some statistics the other day, 2018, there was a study done that said 32% of Americans now trust the media. 32%. Put the news on, you know? 21% trust what big companies are saying. Big companies in America. 18% now trust the government. 18%. What does that mean? 82% distrust the government, what they're saying, information that's coming out. Unbelievable. You know, something that fascinates me are the conspiracy theories. Anybody else fascinated by that? I mean, did we really land on the moon? Like, who really took the Twin Towers down? And, you know, is the earth flat? Is it round? All that stuff. I think it's kind of fun to read that stuff, to see what people are saying. It tickles me. Um, maybe, maybe you're like, no, it really is, you know. Where's all that stuff come from? The conspiracy theories. If you really look at it and you really study it, it starts with believing that the government is lying to us. And any information they give us about any event that takes place, oh, it's immediate. It's faced with immediate criticism and, and disbelief. They're not telling the truth. That's what happens to a society, a country, a family, a company where there's low trust that begins to pull apart and eventually falls apart. So how do you and I become people who are speak the truth, who are honest to the people in our lives. I'm going to give you two ideas. These work for me. There's more to say about this, but we only have about 30 minutes or so. So let me give you these two ideas here. I think they'll be a blessing to you to help you become more truthful. Number one, practice the golden rule. Practice the golden rule. If you haven't heard it in a while, here's what Jesus said. He was the smartest person to ever walk the earth. I think it's good to heed his words. He said, do, not do, to, he said, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That's the golden rule. And then he says this, this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Meaning this, if you just do to others as you wish they would do to you, every, you're, gonna, you're gonna obey all the other laws. You won't have to worry about, you know, what does this law say and this law say? And just treat people the way you wanna be treated. Now, you might say, well, how, what does it have to do with lying? How does that relate to lying? Well, here's how it relates. I want people to tell me the truth. I want people to be honest with me because if people are honest with me, I'm talking about my wife, my closest friends. I'm talking about anyone in our congregation, our, our community, my children. Tell me the truth. Even if it hurts, and that's why we often don't tell the truth, 
All right, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I want to hurt him, but whatever. No, we need to know the truth because when we know the truth, then at least we can make decisions based on what? Based on reality. And when you make decisions based on reality, you can make really good decisions concerning what? How to invest your money, how to parent your children, how to do marriage, how to lead, how to lead your organization, lead a church, how to do what, you handle your sexuality. When you have the truth, it might hurt in the beginning, but at least you now know what's, go, what's really happening in life. And so I need the truth. I need the truth relentlessly told to me because I, I make a lot of decisions and my decisions need to be good decisions concerning my children, my family, my marriage, this church, my relationship with God. Do you agree? If I get false information, now, I've, now I'm making really important decisions about my life and my future in this church with, with false ideas and false information. I need the truth. So if I need the truth from you, then what am I committed to do for you? To give it right back to you. Of course, in love but to give you the truth about what? About God, about money, about marriage, about whatever reality is. Why? So then you can take that information and make great decisions for your life. Something that fascinates me, and, and maybe it does you as well, is the amount of people that gave Bernie Madoff their money. Remember Bernie, largest Ponzi scheme in the history of our country? You know how many people gave Bernie their money? 24,000 people. You know how much money they gave him? Over $20 billion. Educated, smart, successful people writing checks. Some for their whole life savings. Why? Because they had a friend who said, man, I'm telling you, I get 18% every year. You know, Bernie, May I mean, I'm making money hand over. This guy knows what he's doing. Wow, well, how much money should I give Bernie? Well, how much do you have? 50 grand, 100 grand? How about your whole life savings? Okay. Thousands of people lost everything based on what? You tell me. Lies. How important is it for you to know the truth? I mean, it could save your life. And so I'm committed to that. I need you to tell me the truth. And then I'm going to tell you the truth so you can take that and make great decisions for your life. Do unto others as you wish they would do unto you. It'll take care of all the lies. And then number two, you've got to let go of control. You and I have to let go of control. See, every single lie that we tell is an attempt to control the situation. We don't like what we're about to experience, whether that's causing pain in someone's life or experiencing pain in our own life. And so we want to avoid that embarrassment, disappointment. We want to avoid, you know, hurting somebody. So what do we do? We take control of the situation with what? A falsehood. We misrepresent the truth so we don't have to pay the price in the short term. That's called playing God. I bet you never thought about that before. When you lie, you're saying, God, I'd like to run the universe. <laughs> I'm in charge. And in this particular moment right here, it is far better to falsify information than to be honest. Just trust me on this one. I got it. And so we lie on the resume. We lie in the interview. We lie about our past. We lie about our present. We lie about our children. We lie, we lie about our weight. We lie about, you know, it was just crazy. We are taking control of our life when we decide to misrepresent the truth. Have you ever thought about lying that way before? You need to, because that's exactly what you're doing. That's exactly what I did that day in Starbucks. I took control of the situation and my possible influence with this person, and I lied. Happens all the time. And you and I have to let go of control. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter three. Trust in the Lord with your whole life, every aspect of it, with all your heart. 
Do not lean in your own understanding. When we lean into our own understanding, that's us playing God. That's us lying to the people in our life. I know what I need to do. I need to fabricate. I need to lie. It's just a small white lie, but I'm going to save some pain. I'm going to save some embarrassment. Do not lean in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything you do, every aspect of your life, acknowledge the fact that God is present. God is watching as you're, as you're running your business, as you're talking with your children, as you're relating to your spouse, as you do everything in life, acknowledge his presence. Wouldn't it be something if you were totally aware of God's presence at every moment of the day of your life? Do you think you'd be more honest, more truthful, knowing that it's demonic and that he hates it, yes or no? In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, we're gonna to go to the gym today. We're gonna to go to this meeting today. We're gonna, to, you know, we're gonna have dinner tonight. You're here, you're with me. You're, there's nowhere I can go from your presence, right? You're, you're omnipresent. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what? Here's the promise. He will make straight your paths. What does that mean? Yes, it means that he's gonna show you the right way to go and he's gonna direct your steps. But I also believe that it means he's gonna take care of you. He's going to work it out. Here, here's what I mean. You can tell the truth in the moment, even though you feel like the better thing to do would be to lie. You can tell the truth, face the short-term pain. Yes, your spouse will be upset when you tell them you've been spending money privately on a credit card that they don't know about. You'll face some pain in the short term, but in the long run, God delights in, the, in those who tell the truth. He's got your back. He's going to work it out. And that's the part of us letting go. God, I'm going to let go. I'm going to be honest. I remember, I remember when I became a Christian, I was 17. And I remember this, this I, was, I wasn't expecting this emotion, this feeling, where I confessed all my sin to Jesus and I knew he saw it all and he still forgave me. And I remember this, this, this sensation or this feeling of, of relief. Because at that time, as a high school student, I was, I had, woven a web of lies. I was one person in my home and I was another person with my friends, secret this, secret behaviors, but my mom didn't know about this or that. And, and when I put my trust in Christ, it was like I stepped into the light. It was all exposed and it was all forgiven. And there was a coming together. There was the, 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 the duplicity left. And I just remember this, this emotion of I can be honest. I can be honest. I can tell the truth. So I went to my mom and I started to tell her the truth about past events. I confessed my sin. I told her I threw a huge brick through somebody's store front window. Then I think the police are going to come arrest me at any day. That's what I believed. I told her the truth about what I was really like, what I was really doing. It was so refreshing. It was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. It's so beautiful when, when you tell the truth. There might be some short-term pain, but in the long run, you experience two things. First one is a clean conscience. Oh, clean conscience. There's a French proverb that goes like this. There's no pillow as soft as a clean conscience. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're experiencing the exact opposite. You have, you have spun a web of lies you're lying to your spouse, you're lying to the boss, you're lying to your employees, you're lying, you got lied. And, and so at night, when you try to go to bed, your mind is going, mm. I hope she doesn't find, I hope the boss doesn't find, I hope my coworkers don't find out, I hope, I hope I don't get exposed, I hope. 
Here's a great way to know if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're living an honest life. You can take this little device right here and you can give it to, you can give it to your closest people. Say, have a look. Look through all my emails. Look through all my accounts. Look through all my text messages. Look through all my posts. Look through everything, I'm t- every person I'm talking to on social media. You look and see. And because you have a clean conscience, you can give it over. Now, there's some of you are like, dude, I don't let my wife touch this thing. And I've got security codes on it and seven different numbers and she can't get in it. That's the test. Can you give your device over and say, have a look. I'm an open book. That's the power of being honest and truthful. You live with a clean conscience. And then the second thing that happens is that trust becomes possible. Remember what I said about the destructive power of lies. Lies destroy families and organizations and churches because once trust is gone, people go to their own corners and it divides, which is why God hates it and Satan loves it. But when you tell the truth, the body starts to come together and trust starts to go through the roof. And one of the best ways to have a great marriage is to tell the truth. Be honest. One of the best ways to have a profitable business, those of you business people out there, is be honest with your customers. Tell them the truth. Why are your prices like the way, the way they are? Why did the product not come in? Why, did, why were you not able to deliver when you said you would? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. In the short term, there might be a little pain. In the long run, what are those customers going to do? They're going to what? They're going to buy your stuff. They're going to come back. And who will they bring with them? Their friends. And your business will explode. Why? Because, you know, you're a great business? No, you are honest. (laughs) If I were running a business, one of my main strategies for profit would be tell the truth. (laughs) Because then people will trust you, and then they'll bring their friends, and they'll buy your stuff. I mean, it's a simple idea. Right? Build trust. When you tell the truth, you build trust, and then the quality of your relationships gets better. Your life gets better over time. Let me close with this question. I want you to ponder this question this week. What do you want the quality of your relationships to be? Because we're talking about lying to each other, but, but really I'm talking about the quality of your life. I could have asked the question this way. What do you want the quality of your life to be? Because the quality of your relationships really is the quality of your life, yes? You see people who have terrible relationship here, terrible, terrible relationship here, problem relationship here, their life is struggling. You see a person with great marriage, great friendships, great business partners, whatever, their life is flourishing. What do you want the quality of your life to be? I want to have the high, I want a 10 out of 10. I want to experience the best relationships. I want joy. I want peace. I want a clean conscience. I want all that God offers me. Well, if I want that, and if you want that, we got to be honest and we got to tell the truth. Now, this is not a license to go out there and blast people with the truth. (laughs) You're ugly. You know, you're stupid. Just being honest, you know, sorry, not sorry. This is not a license. Okay? Pastor said, I got to tell the truth in every situation. No, no. We, we tell the truth, but we do it in love. The motivation is love. Love is doing what's best for your neighbor. Don't be a jerk about this. Be honest, but be very, very tender and very loving. Is that fair? Good challenge? Okay, let me wrap up with this idea. One of the biggest lies I've ever heard, this is concerning God. Biggest lies. Satanic lie. It doesn't even sound devilish. But it is. You have to earn God's favor. Biggest, one of the biggest 
lies, one of the most effective lies the enemy has ever hit this planet with. Oh, you want, you want to be good with God? You better get your stuff together. I hear people all the time when I invite them to church. Hey, will you come to church? Oh, I got a lot of work to do before I could go to church. I'm like, what are you talking about? The church is for screwed up, messed up, sinful people. You don't get yourself fixed up and then come to church. You come to church messed up and then you get fixed up, yes? Like you don't earn God's favor. So maybe you came in today, maybe you're watching today and you've always thought, man, if, I, if God's ever gonna love me, I have to get my act together. I've gotta stop smoking, drinking, whatever the things are that you think you have to change. And then maybe God will love me. It's, it's just not true. God calls it grace. Grace is receiving something you don't deserve. He calls it mercy. Mercy is God withholding judgment even though we should get it. It's grace, it's mercy, and we receive it by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ that he paid the price for our sins. He died, that's why he died. He didn't die so that you could try to earn God's favor. He died so that you can come to him just as you are. And by faith, receive Christ and have the forgiveness of sins. And then the process of you becoming a good person begins. Not because you are earning God's favor, but because it's the best life available on planet Earth. So if you'd like to trust Christ today and accept his unconditional free gift of grace and mercy, take this prayer I'm about to pray and put your faith behind it and put your trust in him and ask him to wash you and cleanse you of your sin. And right in this moment, you'll become his child. Will you pray with me if you feel led to? Just take these words and make them your own. Dear Jesus, today I come to you just as I am. Not trying to earn your favor, but receiving grace and mercy. I put my trust in you. I believe you died on the cross to wash away all my sin, to remove the shame, make me a person just like yourself. And so make me your child today. I receive your love, your forgiveness. And from this day forward, guide me and teach me, lead me, help me to honor you, to love you, and to obey you with my entire life. Thank you for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to celebrate with you guys, don't we? Nice and loud. Come on. Amen. On your way out today, if you trusted Christ, well, I got the wrong book here, sorry. We don't wanna give you that book, we wanna give you this book. On the way out, it's a New Believers Bible, whatever campus you're at, grab this on the way out and uh, begin reading it. It'll start to grow you in your faith. Hey, I think a great way to close today would be to have a, a time of worship and reflection. So I'm gonna ask all of you to stand with me really quick. We've got this song called Build My Life and it's actually a song, a declaration of saying, God, I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna let go of control. And it's an opportunity for you to take action today by just saying to God, God, as I trust you, as I put my full faith in you, I'm, I'm gonna quit lying. 
I'm gonna put my life in your hands and trust you as I become an honest person. And then our worship team and our, our pastors will dismiss us. God bless you guys. Yeah.